Welcome to 30-Minute Nutrition, a podcast containing fast facts for patients and practitioners. Each episode is 30 minutes or less and covers trending nutrition topics you truly care about, minus the misinformation. I'm Annika Weeks, but you can call me Ani. As a registered diet technician, copywriter, consultant, and mentor, my goal for this space is to help translate tricky science into practical tips with the help of some of the best dietitians and experts in the field. I hope to meet you where you are every other week for an exciting conversation. Tune in in the carpool lane, during chores, on a run, or simply when you want to learn more. Whether you're here to help clients, your community, yourself, or your kiddos, together we'll nourish your niche. As always, this podcast episode is intended for educational purposes only. For individualized nutrition recommendations, please contact your personal dietitian or healthcare professionals. Hi friends, welcome to episode 25, shining a spotlight on the value of NDTRs with Marie Lorraine Johnson. Just before we begin and I read Marie's bio, I wanted to let you know this episode from start to finish is a little bit longer than 30 minutes. However, the actual discussion I have with our guest today is 30 minutes. So in the show notes of this episode, I'll provide you the times of exactly where you can go to get just the main part of the episode. As you know, my podcast is called 30 Minute Nutrition. In the intro, I promise that every episode is 30 minutes or under. Sometimes with guests, the conversations are just too good to really make them shorter than they are. So um, instead, if this ever goes over 30 minutes, I will provide you in the show notes a way to experience just the meat, the middle part, the main part of the episode. And that's exactly what I'll do with you today. So if you're wondering how to get this episode down to just a 30 minute portion, check the show notes. All right, let's do a little short bio for Marie. She's an amazing person, someone I've known probably the longest in the NDTR field, and it has just been such a pleasure to connect with her on the podcast. She has a lot of credentials, which we'll go over in the beginning of our discussion. She's worked in long-term care and at WIC as an NDTR. In graduate school, she started a podcast called NDTR Spotlight to shine a light on the incredible work that NDTRs are doing in the field of dietetics. Back in 2021, she passed the RDN exam and she took up contract work as a dietitian. She worked as an outpatient dietitian at Bright Sky Nutrition in Missouri and specializes in weight loss, non-alcoholic fatty liver disease treatment, and diabetes remission. Today, she sees her own clients through Marie Lorraine Wellness. She works as a medical review for Healthline, and she also works in correction as a clinical dietitian. When she's not doing all those amazing things as a dietitian, she's also a certified personal trainer and teaches cycling classes. And she loves just trying new recipes in the kitchen, which I can relate to that. So without further ado, here's our wonderful guest for today, Marie Lorraine Johnson. This is Marie Lorraine Johnson. You go by Marie Johnson. You were telling me before that we kind of, you kind of have added Lorraine in there for a little flair. Yes, yes. <laughs> yes, and I wanted to break down your credentials as we get started here because you just have like an alphabet soup of really awesome <laughs> things you've been doing. So you, if I understand right correctly, you're an MS. RDN, LD, CPT. So that means you have a master's. Yes. You're also a registered dietitian and mm-hmm. a licensed dietitian. Those are kind of the same, right? Yeah, they're the same. 
Okay, perfect. And then I assume CPT was certified personal trainer. Am I correct in assuming that? Yeah. Yep. And then for the LD, that just means I'm licensed in Missouri, so the state. So if you're curious, that's why they're both there because I had to pay okay. for the LD extra than that the RD. No, I didn't know that. that yeah. That's like kind of why the differentiation. I'm yeah. learning something every time we do this. <laughs> that is perfect. And I, for the listeners, I want to give you guys a little context of how we know each other. Um, the first podcast I was ever a guest on was actually Maurice. So yes. she has a, a podcast called NDTR Spotlight. Um, and it's just so cool. And I'm sure we'll get into the details of that. But it really feels like a full circle thing. Um, when I started my podcast earlier this year, it's a very, I think, messy action was like the catchphrase everyone was using. And I definitely felt that. Like, I did not feel qualified to be talking. <laughs> but when Marie interviewed me, it was like, you just made it so easy. And I've just always had a really big, like, gratitude and appreciation for you. Kind of, like, easing me. I would have never felt comfortable starting my own podcast. Like, if it hadn't really been for you, kind of easing me into that. Oh, yay. So just a big thank you at the at the beginning. <laughs> of course, yeah. Yeah, it was great having you on. I remember I was like, digital diet tech, what is this? I have to have her. So it's it's all mutual. Oh my gosh. I'm like, here, I made up my own title. You want to hear about it? <laughs> yeah, like, yes, tell, tell the world. <laughs> How can I share this with everyone I know? So cool. I love, And I just love you've given diet techs a platform to kind of speak their stories and stuff. So yeah, we'll definitely have like a deeper conversation about that as this continues. But I usually do an introductory segment on the podcast that I love having guests on because it's not just me talking about like the foods I'm craving and stuff. But <laughs> um, yeah, which I could do, you know, I could have a whole podcast probably just on like what I'm craving for the day. Oh my gosh, <laughs> yes. Of course, when the guests are on, I like to ask them. So Marie, what are you currently craving? Oh my gosh. Well, nothing right now, but two days ago, I was craving a bagel with cream cheese from New York. Like, just an authentic, yeah. Have you been to New York before? I'm from New York. I was born and raised there. So I was like, you're like, they have the best bagels. Yeah. Yeah. I'm totally biased. Best bagels, best pizza, best carb options in New York. Yes. I have, I was listening to another podcast and they were telling me about like, they love the beige foods. And I was like, nothing has ever been said that's truer than that. Like the beige foods are supreme, (laughs) like bagels, mac and cheese, like anything that kind of is just beigey on the plate. Like so, so good. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Something about that color. I don't know, man. Something, someone, someone's got it. (laughs) Yeah. But no, that's so true. It's so funny that you say that because I've literally been craving like a cream cream cheese bagel like oh it just sounds good I don't know what it is but it's funny we're maybe we're on the same wavelength or something we are yeah (laughs) I love that well perfect well other introductory segment that I would love to get your insight on this isn't necessarily related to our topic today where we're going to be talking about in DTRs but um, I noticed you've worked with diabetes remission patients is that true yes Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. perfect so I'm helping them get to diabetes remission so that was like the goal so they were diabetic and we were transitioning to diabetes remission. I love, I feel like so much of, I feel like we could go into a whole episode about that too, oh, but yes. just, I love that word remission. Um, I'm sure, you know, as we've talked, like I have chronic illness that I deal with um, from mm-hmm. time to time, like it crops up in flares, um, like kind of like autoimmune disease. And so um, I love that word remission because that's where I consider myself. And I feel like we kind of talk about the diagnosis a lot, but not a ton about like the remission part of it where you're living like day to day and trying to optimize health. And so I thought that was really cool when you sent me your bio. I was like, 
oh, I love that she does this day yeah. to day. <laughs> so I'm very curious. I just saw this study come across. This is um, kind of what we call weird food news. Um, and I just thought it was interesting. It said loneliness is tied to a higher heart risk disease for diabetes. And I was wondering if you had like any experience with that, seeing patients and if they said it wasn't necessarily isolation, but just if they had like a more perceived loneliness, that it would actually be a stronger predictor of heart disease sometimes than like lifestyle. So diet and physical activity. Have you seen this in your practice? In regards to, so I just want to make sure I can understand the question. So it's <clears> like, they're saying that they have a higher risk for cardiovascular disease because they are lonely. Yes. And sometimes they're saying that that's even a stronger predictor than something like diet or physical activity. So I don't know if that's true for everyone, but I was just curious almost of your experience working with patients. I think it maybe sheds light on the like holistic health, if that makes sense. Yeah. That it's sometimes like mental health and diet and physical activity. But I just kind of was curious. I thought this was such an interesting study and I'll link it in the show notes. But I was just wondering if you've seen this in some of the patients you work with that loneliness plays a factor. Uh, yeah, I, I actually have. Although I do, I don't know how they have separated diet from that because I feel like the loneliness. So I, I was working with a patient for about a year and helping him with weight loss. It was a male patient. And um, it was just interesting. He was single. And so it was just interesting working with him and encouraging him to like cook his own food and eat, but he wouldn't want to cook at home because it was lonely and he'd get tired of cooking at home. So he'd want to go out and eat. Um, and then like, it just, I think the consistency of when you're going for diabetes remission or you're trying to prevent chronic heart disease or cardiovascular disease, you have to be pretty, pretty regiment about what you're eating. And I, I love nutrition, like the clinical side of it, but there's also that social side of it. And I read a book in undergrad just about the spiritual aspects of food, like sitting at a table and eating with people and enjoying food in that context. So whenever I counsel people, I'm like, well, how did you feel after the meal? Like bringing in that mindful eating aspects into the counseling mm -hmm. session, because I think people forget how important that is. They're like, I want to eat right. Tell me what I can't eat, what I can eat. And they forget. I'm like, well, did you enjoy it? Like, did you like the food? And like building up right? a plate with different flavors and putting in their cultural things that they enjoy, like certain foods. If someone's like, I grew up and I like, I love gummy bears and I can never get rid of that food because my dad bought that growing up. And so that, I mean, there's certain emotional connections with food. And so I wonder if that study is kind of diving into that. Cause if you're lonely, I see a lot of overeating. Um, mm -hmm. And then just not really, there's no reason to get your, to improve your health. So why, why like follow recommendations? So yeah. That was a long-winded answer. I don't know if I really answered I it, but it. I have, <laughs> I have seen it and I even see it where I'm working now. You did. So. And it made me even more excited. I have another guest slated to come on that her whole platform's kind of nutrition for like one or a couple. Like, you know, I feel like sometimes like it's just me and my husband in our house and yeah. like, it's so hard to find meals that are just designed for one or two people. Like I always feel like we're wasting food. And so that's something I'm trying to be more conscious of. And yeah. so there's another guest coming on in a couple of weeks. I don't know where actually it'll be placed with this episode since it's geared towards NDTRs, but um, it makes me really excited to listen to that because I feel like you just hit on something so important and that like it you know it, I feel like there's no stigma around like working out with a partner like you have your gym buddy right but like yes. no one really talks about like your eat like your diet buddy you know <laughs> like that, you that know, needs like, to be a thing buddy, you're you so know, right. right yeah like who do you eat with you need someone that should be like an intervention like <laughs> right? you I need someone it. to eat with start 
another platform where that happens. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you. I'm like, why? I was like, I didn't even think about that until you were just describing that. So I love your answer. Even I'm, I, you know me, I talk on run in run on sentences all the time. So I love that you had a long winded answer. Cause I think you just hit it on the head. Like it's so many different things. It's not just the loneliness or just, it's like everything working together, the environment in which you're eating. Mm-hmm. Um, I have some like mindful eating experts coming on as well in the coming weeks. And I'm just like, I'm so excited because I feel like it'll just kind of expand upon this answer. And so I love, I love like, it. I don't know why I, to I listen. thought it would be it would be fun to have like a weird food news segment on the podcast because I just like for me I'm just such a nerd about it so I'm glad you can kind of nerd out with me yeah oh my gosh anytime all the time I love nutrition I I love love it it. so yeah for the listeners I'll link that in the show notes so you can go I really try to find studies that have been pretty recent um and just relevant even if they're kind of proving stuff we already know I still think it's important (laughs) to kind of just look but yes, today our main topic that I was just so excited to have Marie on for was to talk us through, um, well, first let's start off with your journey to become an RD. And I actually, I didn't know this. I was going to ask you, were you an NDTR before you became an RD? Yes. Yes, I was. Okay. So yeah, walk us through a little bit of what that was like for you, kind of the timing, and then maybe just some like, if you had any challenges in that road or kind of understanding the differences between NDTRs and RDs, you could just kind of tell us whatever you would like <laughs> about your Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'll give you a little rundown. Shameless plug, I did have a podcast episode, have I explained it longer? It's 20 minutes, so I'll give you a short little splurt here. But basically, I graduated from undergrad, and I didn't have money. I didn't feel like it was economically smart or financially smart for me to become a dietitian. Also, I was like, I don't even know if I like nutrition enough to put in the time and effort to become a dietitian. And I was like, if I have all this school, like, why can't I start using it? So I went for the DTR exam, took that and I passed them the first time. I used visual veggies. I got a job at an out at long-term care. I was there for about two months and then they terminated the DTR position. I know that's a sad thing. I'm sorry, DTR. Sometimes it happens. <laughs> but then I found a really great job at WIC and that the WIC I was working at in New York, they advertised for a dietitian. They're like, registered dietitian. And I was like, what? I, I heard that WIC takes DTRs. So I applied mm-hmm. regardless. And that really set me up for wanting to become a dietitian because of the environment that I was working in. So there, I could not be promoted because I was a DTR, which was upsetting. And I'm like a go-getter. Like I want to, I want to grow in my career. I want to do more, I want to learn more. (laughs) And so I was limited there. And then also the pay, like there's a $10,000 pay difference for DTRs versus a dietitian. And then there were certain patients I couldn't see, like I couldn't specialize or give infants specialty, specialty formula. And so I just felt so limited. And then there was another DTR there and she had her DTR through a different education. Like she had a different, I had a bachelor's of science. She had a bachelor's of arts. I'm not sure how she like got the credential and whatnot. She took, she took the exam and everything, but it was different. And she couldn't see certain people. And so it just, maybe it was New York. I don't know, but, and I know not all Wicks are like this, but the Wick I was in, I was like, I need to become a dietitian because I don't see how I can be successful as a DTR here. And so that's when I started looking online too and like seeing what resources were out there for a DTR because I'm, I'm stubborn. I'm like, I work so hard for this credential. I want to use yes. it to the max. <laughs> like, what can I do with this? Um, and like no one I knew really knew what it was. I was thankful that my professors mentioned it in college, but it's still like the dietitian credential was being pushed. And then I learned about the master's degree requirement and I was just so distraught and upset. So mm-hmm. Um, I worked at WIC, paid off my student loans, 
and then I uh, applied for a dietetic internship and I got into Cox College. So I moved out here to Missouri where I am now and I was still a DTR. I wanted to keep that credential up because I thought it would make me look better in my internship. And I also, I was still looking for like part-time stuff. Like, can I do part-time work as a DTR? It's expensive y'all. Like, I feel like, <laughs> I feel like you just mentioned, I, I'll I keep like, you keep going with your story, but I'm like, oh man, I wish people understood how pricey it is. Like yes. years of commitment. So anyway, just plug there, but <laughs> keep going. Yeah. No, like, you're right. You hit it right on the nose. <laughs> it's, and it made me so mad because also their lack of diversity in the field mm-hmm. with like every, like everything. So I am, um, I was like, okay, I'm I'm not going to be a DTR much longer, but I want to use it to the max of my ability. So what can I do? Like, how can I add? And so I knew three other DTRs that I had one, I had worked with and gone to school with. And I was like, let me just talk to you. And well, I was making videos on YouTube and I made a video about an DTR, how, to, how I got my credential and it did really well. And I was like, oh, people are curious about this. So yeah. I interviewed some friends and that's why I created NDTR Spotlight because I'm like, the Academy has this credential. It's like all set up and it feels like it's being fizzled out. It feels like it's not being appreciated correctly because I felt very competent to do everything the dietitians were doing at WIC and I couldn't do it. And I just didn't think that was right. So um, that's why I, so, so that's why I became a dietitian, but that's why the DTR podcast happened. And I still have such a passion for it because I think it is just a really accessible, easy way for people to enter into the field of dietetics and do it without compromising or giving up poor nutrition knowledge. Cause there's so many nutrition experts and quotes that are out there and just messing people up. So. Yes. I love that. You hit on so many important, you know where to start. Cause I'm like, I feel like we just end it here. Like you just hit on all the important Just points. vomited everything out. Yes, I love it. <laughs> Goodbye everybody. No, I seriously like, your story is like similar to mine in some aspects. I know I'll just give a quick, most people have been listening and kind of know my story, but I, in the middle of my education, I found out I had chronic illness. And so returning yes. to it, I was not like prepared. Like I always wanted to be a dietitian, but couldn't mm-hmm. necessarily do like those high powered, like nine to five, all like I needed a little more flexible job, but I like, there wasn't a pathway that was really explained to me. And it wasn't my professor's fault. It was just kind of like, I wasn't aware Mm-hmm. of and there weren't that many people I knew that I didn't know anyone who had become an NDTR that didn't use it as a stepping stone to become an RD and it, yeah. like I didn't realize it was a career on its own so when I you know I became an NDTR and realized like oh I can kind of do this and like I don't necessarily have to move up unless I want to kind of like you were describing like if there are things that are holding me back from you know having a higher salary or you know hitting these other desires that I want like I can you know do that and go do that but for me like I was perfectly happy being an yeah. NDTR and I just wanted to share the joy of like, hey, you can do this and like make money and like be happy with it. And so I was curious too, because I, I kind of, how how long has it been since you became an RD? Um, 2021. Okay. So I was like, I'm still I pretty I new. I'm still yeah, a baby. I, like, I think it's been like two years or something. So I think I remember when you became an RD and I was so curious to see if the NDTR Spotlight podcast would continue. And it just makes my heart happy that like you still have such a passion for yeah. it. And like, we'll definitely go into that today. I definitely, um, just to kind of echo what you're saying, I pulled some st- statistics from a recent presentation I did kind of on the value of NDTRs and dietetics. Yeah. And it just blows my mind. Like we, so I looked at the statistics earlier this year. I think I gave my presentation like in March-ish time um and so and as of february there were 110,000 um a little bit over 110,000 dietitians mm-hmm. um and a little under 5,000 diet techs so this was like 
before, if people are familiar with kind of the, the applications and like when you be, yeah, I don't know, I guess it's a little weird timing because around the middle of February, you're starting to hear back from different programs and like people are taking the RD test. Like, so there's a little bit of funny timing there, but um, I did the math earlier this year and basically it was like one to 28 was the ratio of like diet text to dietitian. So yeah, a little bit of a tangent there, but um, like, <laughs> yeah. again, there's going to be so many times I say here, like we could do a whole episode about this. And I feel like it's true. Cause there's just so much to dive into here. But so earlier this year, basically bottom line is um, the ratio of um, RDs or excuse me, NDTRs to RDs was like one to 28. So basically like if every diet tech were to take on a certain number of dietitians to like help support them oh excuse me it'd be one to 26 was um the number Mm -hmm. so a little crazy like in me and my like when I'm taking on the most number of dietitians to support I can do like five at a time so to me like one to 26 is just a crazy number (laughs) like it just seems like way too much because I'm at capacity when I'm like fully supporting five dietitians so yeah totally wild. And then I looked at it, like I wanted to make sure as we were talking, I had some more updated statistics. So again, this will probably change a little bit, but not very much by the time this is um, coming out like in October, but um, we're recording this in August and the numbers have like changed even more. So now there's 111,593. So just over 111,000 registered dietitians. And then there are um, less diet texts. So now there's under 4,000, right? Oh so it's goodness. like, wow. yeah, right. So it's like dropped even like, you know, it, it hasn't dropped a thousand entirely, but it's like gone from 4,000 to 3,000. So for me, I'm like, this is just, it's a problem, right? <laughs> like, yeah. So I think I misquoted this before, but with the current statistics, it's closer to one diet tech to 28 or 29 dietitians. So to me, okay. that's just like, what do you think about that? <laughs> I, I think I just, it makes me sad because I mean, my concern is the, the profession continuing and it's so much work to become a dietitian. And I think if we can get people, if we can tell students and people interested in nutrition that you can start practicing as a professional in just two years or four years, depending on your program, we'll, we'll trap them, you know, we'll trap them soon. So they don't go to a different (laughs) field like PT or where you do the six years of schooling and you have a higher pay and maybe more job opportunities right now. Um, it just, it looks other, uh, other fields look more promising. I think as a student, when you're comparing about salaries and whatnot. And so I, I think I, I, I mean, I'm going to keep promoting the DTR credential because the accessibility is just unreal. And then also really the dietitian credential is helpful. If you want to do MNT, if you want to do medical nutrition therapy, if you want to bill insurance, if you want to work, um, in a hospital setting at, at like, and seeing really complicated patients and you like the clinical aspects, but if that's not what you want and you really just like nutrition and you have an entrepreneurial spirit or you want to work in community, like I really think the NDTR credential should be enough. And that's just about like get, getting out there and going out and applying for jobs. And even now all this online, oh, there's so much online work now. Yes. And I, so <laughs> I just feel like we need more nutrition experts out there to fix all of the chronic diseases we have. Cause I mean, mm-hmm. diabetes, heart disease, um, obesity, these are all nutrition related. Like we can cure it with nutrition, but yes. 
So we need, we need warriors out there to fix that. And so it's true. It's like we need more, not less. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and more like diversity too, as well. I think you hit on that when we were talking a little bit earlier. But like yeah. we need different types of like I can't tell you how many people have come to me just because they know I have chronic illness. Like that's been the impetus for them to like connect with me. Yes. And so I'm like, oh, we need people who like talk about hormones or talk about like you said, like infant health or something. Um, and I have a whole nother. I'll link. Um, I'll find your episode that talks about your path and maybe some of the DTR credential. And then I'll also like, I have a previous episode that kind of talks about the differences as well. So if there's people listening that kind of are like, what are these acronyms we're talking about? <laughs> I will link that. But you, uh, everything you said was so spot on. And um, a lot of people might not know this, but the, like the DTR credential was created after the RD credential. Yes. And it was almost created as a way to like support the RD. So yes. when I, I, like I mentioned, I gave a presentation earlier this year and I basically just said like, we're seeing RDs get really burned out. And it's kind of from a failure for like this partnership between the RD and the DTR. Of course, there's, there's so many other reasons. Like we live in a fast paced world and there's mm-hmm. just like, there's some barriers to, like you said, RD or even RDs earning more like in the field yeah. and things like that, that are putting like this mental distress on people. But I think one of the main contributing factors that people are starting to realize is that we're not seeing as many in DTRs as we need to kind of support the RD credential and people just aren't being made aware. And then there's going to be probably this gap. I actually, I want your expertise on this as well, because I've talked with a lot of people and I'm kind of nerding out about it, but it, I get really nervous when we talk about the masters, like how it's going to become a masters and not mm-hmm. be like an optional masters. Um, because I, for me, I am very transparent with people. I'm like, I don't even know if I would have gone to school for this specific topic. Like I kind of got deep into it and was like, yes, I do have a passion for it and love it. But had I known like the amount of work it was going to be, yes. <laughs> and like, especially if it was a master's, I think I would have been like, no, nah, I'm good. Like I'm going to try something else. Exactly. <laughs> what has been your experience with that kind of talking with people and seeing like, as it transfers to being a master's requirement, do you think that's going to deter some people? Yeah, I haven't had the opportunity to talk to students entering in the field very often. Usually when I do, it's like students who want to become dietitians, like the one time I did, honestly. But that was one of the reasons why I started the podcast was because, I mean, I myself knew how hard it was for me to do the master's program. And I think I'm very motivated as a person. So I just, I wanted to, I want that barrier to to be removed. I do think I enjoyed my master's degree and I feel like I know a lot more because I did it, but I don't think... um, that's why I think the DTR credential is great because you don't have to have the master's degree. You can start practicing. And I, I really benefited from my time as a D in DTR. I felt more confident when I was in my internship. And then I felt like I walked into a, a di- as a dietitian. And now I feel like I just, I was, I just felt like I knew a little bit more. I was more comfortable um, working with patients and, and stuff. So I love, I'll, I'll have to, for me, it like, I wonder if this is your experience, but I just really felt like it almost was like an ongoing internship. For, like, it still feels that way for me that like, I get to kind of live out an internship experience every day. Yeah. So I'm learning so much. I'm working with RDs like all the time. So I almost feel like I'm just on a continuous like ro- rotation, <laughs> almost like yeah. on an internship. But yeah, it was that yes. kind of your experience as well. <laughs> I mean, I feel that way right now as a dietitian. So I don't think that ever stopped. You're just always learning. But um, yeah, out, but that's funny because when I became a DTR, I felt like I had that because I was like in law, I was in clinical, then I was doing some food service and I was doing community. I was like, I basically just did the internship in my like, so yeah, 
I love that. And I've had RDs tell me, like, I, that I've worked with, they're like, you're way more experienced as an NDTR than some of my interns. And I'm like, oh, yes. that's really validating that, like, yes. <laughs> and it would, it would excel our profession so much if, I mean, NDTRs, we have all these people to become NDTRs. And then if they like that field, they can stay there. And then they can help the dietitians by, like, starting their own practice or starting to see people in community settings where a dietitian doesn't want to work, right? Or maybe not want to work. And then if they do become a dietitian, then they have, they're just going to be so much more advanced than if a student graduating from a master's degree coming in and being a dietitian. There's just, it'll promote our profession so much. Like I see no cons to promoting the NDTR credential really. I love it. That's going to be the one-liner we pull out and put in all the captions. <laughs> I love it. There's no, no, I feel like that's my stance on it as well, that just like, yeah. there's room for everybody. And I know that sounds so cliche, but there really is in the field. And I think the more I think there's need make, for everybody. There's yes, need for everybody. Exactly. Like so. we desperately, desperately at this time, maybe more than ever, like need that space to be filled by kind of some mm-hmm. different, I mean, RDs are so valuable. Like I will never, I always try to emphasize like doctors, RDs, all those professionals, like so important, but I feel like there's these um, like lower level for lack of a better word, like uh, you know, texts and things that fill the, fill the gaps essentially. And I feel like we just need that. And with this yes. master, I always get nervous with the master's program. I'm, I'm like, I see the need. I understand why we're, you know, transferring to that level of education to kind of match. I mean, that's how like kind of nurses do it. You know, they, yeah. they go through different things. So I understand why, but, um, and they're uh, beyond nurses too. There's other, uh, it's hard to compare, but I feel like we're trying to become more like the medical field essentially in the way we're structuring yeah. the degrees. So I like see the value in doing it, but yeah, I'm very interested to see the trajectory of NDTRs and for me, I'm just trying to get the word out and I appreciate you and all the work you do for trying to get the word out as well, because I feel like people, I just didn't like it was introduced to me, but I just didn't know that there was even a possibility that I could go and be an NDTR um, and like that people would respect me for that or that I could even earn money doing that. <laughs> like I just didn't understand like that there was a space there. And so I think yes. um, like you kind of you phrased it so well, like there's just there's so many ways like the puzzle pieces can fit. Like you said, like you can be in, in DTR and then realize like, oh, I, I would like to get paid more or like be able to, you know, work with infants, like this very vulnerable population, you know? Or even I was talking to a student. Yeah. I was talking to a student the other day and she's going for PT, but she's doing a minor in nutrition. And I'm like, you can get an NDTR credential if you do the bachelor's or double major and then like have a PT who's also an NDTR, like just how, It just, I feel like it can fix a lot of things for us. Yes. I'm sure you've run into this too, but I feel like there's so many people out there that almost did like a second career as an NDTR, like if they didn't have the opportunity. So you'll Mm -hmm. see if, if you're not familiar listeners with like the NDTR credential, sometimes you'll see it in combination with someone who's like a certified personal trainer Mm -hmm. or someone who's kind of in the health space because they saw that need and like wanted to fill it somehow. Yes. So, um, but yeah, there's a lot. Yeah. I'll link all the episodes kind of about the, I'll probably link all of the episodes I've done so far on NDTRs because I feel like this is just a good touch point episode yeah. <laughs> to talk. So we're getting close to time. I know these episodes feel so short when I get to the end of them. I'm like, we could have talked all day about this, <laughs> but um, I'll definitely link your um, podcast as well, because there's just so many more stories that I, we could even share in this finite amount of time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like people just need to go explore all those and see there. I feel like you touch on so many different topics, like not all your episodes are the same. Like they're just so broad in the amount of topics you cover. You know what I mean? So I feel like NDTRs or even RDs can kind of go 
and just look at that and see, okay, I'm curious about like this aspect. Um, okay. So we're going to move into the segment. Um, it's, I call it the landscape, which is kind of a funny word for it, but it's basically like moving forward. What do we see on the horizon? Um, and I'm going to ask kind of a two prong question. So first I want to know like, what can RDs do to better connect with and see the value of NDTRs and then vice versa? Like what can NDTRs do to kind of not have, I feel sometimes people have like a bad attitude about RDs. Like they think like, oh, like I also did school and I just didn't do an internship or they kind of just have kind of a sour attitude, if that makes sense. I don't know if that's mm-hmm. a good word for it, but like yeah. um, almost like I don't want there to be any division between the RDs and the NDTR. So um, I guess, sorry, that's like another, that's a run on qu- uh, question basically, but <laughs> so like what can RDs do to better connect with NDTRs and then vice versa? I think it's just communication and respect. If you communicate with an NDTR, you realize how much they know and then vice versa as an NDTR, just speaking up to the dietitian and letting them know, like, I do know stuff. So communication and respecting each other and knowing that you're there to benefit each other, not to belittle each other. I love that. Oh my goodness. I love that. And I feel like the word that came up for me, like, as you were talking about that was advocate. And I'm like, oh, I just love that. Like I can see an RD mm-hmm. advocating for their patients. And I feel like yes. sometimes it's okay to tell like the indie chair you're working with, like you, you're not qualified to do this or you can't quite do this or you haven't proven your competency in this area yet. And then vice versa for like the indie chairs to show like I am competent in this area or another area. Um, and just like melding those or meshing those like skills together. I just feel like that would make such a productive workplace. So I love that you said that respect. I feel like it's just, Oh, we need more of it in the world. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. Very oh, true. Okay. And then our final question, I wanted to ask you, do you have any tips? I feel like a lot of people, um, a lot of NDTRs that I mentor, like have just found out they didn't get into the program they wanted. They kind of feel like there's no path, like that they can find, like they basically just spent four years and it was all for naught essentially. Like that's kind of the vibe I get from them. So I was wondering, um, a lot of like, I talked to them and then they're kind of wondering like, okay, which is best to become an NDTR or to become an RD. And of course, talking about your history, I feel like you're the perfect person to ask (laughs) this, but, um, like for people who are kind of curious, like quote unquote, like which path is best, um, how would you, how would you respond to them kind of wondering, um, RD versus NDTR? I think you have to figure out your why and what you want to do as a nutritionist, how deep you want to go. Is it really clinically heavy? And then also, um, if you do apply for the internship and you don't get the internship, I would say definitely get the NDTR credential because just the studying and the test is just going to better qualify you for the next time you apply to a program um, and open more doors for you. So I love that. I think the art, like taking the RD exam and stuff opens the doors, especially like we're talking about with salary and things. But I think people too, you do such a good job of communicating this as well with NDTR spotlight, but like the NDTR credential opens doors as well. And I can say that like from personal experience, I'm sure you can too. Like it really does. There's some jobs I apply for that like automatically they know I'm an expert and I kind of have to tell them what the NDTR credential is. (laughs) Another statistic I follow all the time is like, I'm one of 11, I think in Utah. So it's like, depending on where you live, it can be so tricky. Like I feel even with close family and friends that I'm constantly like, no, this is what I'm not a dietitian. Like this is what I do for my job. (laughs) (laughs) But that's, I mean, that's a point too. A lot of times, I mean, really only in the world of dietetics do people really understand the difference between NDTR and DTR so like you can walk out and people still think you're an expert so 
Yeah, they think I'm more confidence. qualified, you know? Yeah. So I'm like, it's, yeah. it's really okay. And you are as an NDTR. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, I love this conversation. And if people are interested in, interested in learning more about you, um, could you share with them kind of the best place to find you, maybe the social platform you're on the most? Yeah. So I have a personal account. It's Marie Lorraine Wellness on YouTube and Instagram. If you're curious about the NDTR stuff, though, follow NDTR Spotlight. Um, it's on same headline for the Instagram, for Facebook, and also on YouTube. So NDTR Spotlight. I love that. And I love your videos, too. One downside, I'm like, I, I usually just do audio for my podcasts and stuff. But sometimes I'm like, oh, I'm sad. I didn't get to see, like, their face, you know? <laughs> I know. I it's such you. a visual. Yes, I know. And I'm a so, visual learner. So I'm like, one day I just need to make the jump to do it. Just like intensity. <laughs> it's very new to me, but one day I just need to make the jump. But I love yeah. that your episodes are also like video. So you can kind of go and see people talk and kind of feel their passion. And I feel like the passion, mm -hmm. it's important for nutrition in general. But I, I feel like when talking about NDTRs, it's so cool to see people get passionate about it because I obviously share that passion. <laughs> so yeah, huge thank you to you. You're just like an awesome human being all around. And you've been just such a big cheerleader for me from the beginning. So I'm just so grateful for having you on. Is there any final words you wanted to give to the listeners? <laughs> I just want to say thank you for you for being an NDTR who's putting out good content because that's what I really wanted to see when I was an NDTR. And so I, I'm just, I'm cheering you on and I'm really thankful that you're doing this podcast and you're showing up as an NDTR who knows what they're doing and can really speak to the benefits of holding the credentials. So thank you for what you're doing for the nutrition field. I really appreciate that. Oh, you're so sweet, Marie. Thank you yeah. so much for your time today. And until next week, guys, nourish your niche. What did you love about today's episode? What were you able to learn about yourself and your next steps? I'd love to hear from you in the reviews. The more you review, like, and share this podcast, the easier it is for people just like you to find it and to begin a more fulfilling nutrition journey. For answers to my most frequently asked questions, free resources, and more, visit oniweeks.com today. Until next time, nourish your niche.